From the magnificent city of London, England, you're listening to a very special edition of the Diz Unplugged. Discussion coming to you from Holborn Bars in London, England. I was corrected on the pronunciation. It's an L in the word, but you know, okay. It's like Holborn Bars. I'm your host, Pete Warner, joined at the table this week by my good friends Dustin West, Sean Thompson, Mr. Kevin Close, and the genius, John Magi. In this episode, we're going to tell you what's in the news. We'll also have a special edition of our roundtable rapid fire. Uh, We'll share some of our thoughts on this amazing city that we're in, and we're going to take some questions from you guys. All that coming up on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. Well, welcome, everyone, to our very first show outside the U.S. Very thrilled to be doing it here. If, if we were, we were going to do it any place, I wanted to do it here, and I'm so thrilled that so many of you showed up for this. Uh, we were kind of concerned. I was very concerned. Because, <laughs> like, we put it out on, like, Facebook and the boards, and, like, there were, like, crickets. Nobody, <laughs> nobody, nobody really responded. And then we were starting getting emails from people saying, you're doing this on a Tuesday night, and, you know, it's kind of hard for us to get into London, which I, I, I understand, but we had to work around ABD's schedule for this. So I really appreciate you guys... Uh, coming out. And I do want to say thank you to the staff here at the Hoburn Bars. Uh, They've done a lovely job uh, setting up for us and taking care of us, put on a very nice uh, spread of food and booze down for us. So round of applause for them. And because this show is going up tomorrow, um, (laughs) this is your last chance to donate for Ferris's Buddy Walk happening on Saturday the 13th. Uh, last, uh, you can donate up to 7 p.m. Friday. We are over $13,000 for the Down Syndrome Association of Central Florida. But others are closing in. We have to beat them. We have to beat the children. So <laughs> I, I really want to see Corey, uh, uh, Corey get, and Ferris get to 15000 There's the sound clip, Dustin. Right, <laughs> really. Yeah. Beat the children. Beat the children. Um, also want to remind everyone to help Dustin keep his job and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, we've had some great videos uh, go up. My personal favorite was uh, the fine dining in Italy video that we recently put up. Um, we actually did order all that food yep. in one sitting. And I have to tell you something. You know, we've gotten, uh, uh, that's what the the comments we've gotten about that video were, I mean, come on, did you really order all that food? How much did that cost? And I got to tell you something. We ordered about a third of the menu, legitimately about a third of the menu. And with the Tables in Wonderland discount, it was $232. So really, but when you think of that two people having lunch in Epcot and ordering all that food... And we, you know, we, obviously we did not eat all of it, we, but right. we sampled everything. Yeah. And it was, a, it was a great way. We spent two and a half, three hours in the restaurant. I'm like, wow, this is a really cool way to do. And that was about two million pounds. Yeah, <laughs> really. <laughs> I figured I'd do the math for you. No, it was a pound and a half. Oh, was yeah. it backwards? Yeah, you it's got it backwards. the other way around. Yeah. Give them some credit. Yeah. But uh, so be sure to check out our YouTube channel. I know Sean 
has a housekeeping? Yeah, I do actually. We have a couple birthdays. So I wanted to say happy birthday to Gavin, who hey. I think is birthday today. Uh, Where'd they go? Oh, there they are. Okay. Happy yes. birthday, Gavin. Uh, and then we also have a birthday coming up soon. It is Emma's 25th birthday coming up soon. So we wanted to wish Emma a happy birthday, too. Hey. Happy birthday, Emma. Happy birthday, Emma. Very good. That's all we knew about. Did we miss anybody? What? Oh, what? see? Happy, bir- any happy anniversaries? birthday. Any uh, anniversaries? Gavin and Becky are celebrating their anniversary. What number? <laughs> yeah, how many years? <laughs> Five years, five years together. Five years with Gavin, bless her heart. I apologize, Adam's birthday is Thursday. And Kat's birthday. And Kat? Is everybody having a birthday? Happy birthday, everyone. (laughs) We all know what your parents were doing in February now. Yeah, really. Happy Valentine's Day. Wow. Yeah, right. We went went blue fast, didn't we? Yeah, it didn't take long. All right, show notes for this and every show can be found on our show notes page, podcast.wdwinfo.com. Do we have anything else? Yes. We have our Germany trip coming up next September, pretty much the end of September. We're going to a couple different towns in Germany, Munich, Rotenburg. We're going to see, and I'm going to try and say this, von Wustenstein Castle or whatever it is. It's the blue one that looks like the Walt Disney World Castle. <laughs> and we will be there for uh, the beginning of Oktoberfest, and we're staying right in the heart of Munich. So if you would like to be one of the ABD people who get to come to these things and see the most amazing things, Kevin Itry. I'm not doing a show in Germany. You're not? I'm doing it all in German? However, Which means you're a donut, apparently. Yeah. I'm Berliner. Um, well, they're still going to get to see cool things, even if it's not a podcast. So if you need to want, need or want to go, Kevin at DreamsUnlimitedTravel.com. All right. Anything Y'all else? Y'all aren't usually this close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, usually our other live shows is a barrier. Yeah, there's a stage right. and a drop-off and lights. <laughs> Anything else? I'm done. Going once, going twice. Johnny with the news. Oh, I'm not prepared. <laughs> All right, what, so is this your first show? No, but it's... <laughs> okay. It was today at Windsor Castle or wherever we were. Where were we today? John's, Westminster Abbey. Oh, we were Westminster Abbey. <laughs> Pete tells us there was this morning stuff. at Westminster Abbey, you need a round table rapid fire and we need news stories. We're doing a regular show. So John and I sat on the bus going... Well, no, 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 no. I told everybody before the Massachusetts show we were changing how we did these shows. We were going to do basically our usual show show, rather than like, you know, just... Were we at that announcement? I don't listen to you. Yeah, it was at the show. So what I did was I Googled Disney and London. (laughs) So here are the stories I came up with. John is a crack reporter. I am a crack reporter. (laughs) He's a reporter on crack. (laughs) And if you make fun of the way I say these names, even better. <laughs> Forget Disneyland Paris. Now it's Paramount World in Swanscombe. Yeah. Is that a right word? Yeah. Did I do that? Excellent. Uh, if detailed and already rather advanced plans are approved, it will be here next to Ebb's Fleet International Railway. Very good. That Britain's first branded leisure resort will open at a cost of about two billion pounds in 2018. A handful of parties, including the French cement manufacturer Lafarge, Lafarge, which owns... God, we're being corrected from the audience. (laughs) Which owns the 872-acre site, have come together to form London Resort Company Holdings. 
The consortium has a license from one of Hollywood's leading film studios, Paramount Pictures, to open a theme park and branded with Paramount movies such as Braveheart, Titanic, and I swear to God that says this, and whatever else comes about between now and (laughs) (laughs) Two. Two movies. Is that exciting news? Is that something you're looking forward to? No? No? You can all go get Paramount Really? You don't think it'll happen? No. No. Uh, okay. I've done that before. <laughs> I thought you would be very excited. You, now you can't go. You don't have to go to Walt Disney World anymore. You have Paramount Studios. You'll have Paramount World. Really. All right. And my next news story: Disney's Fantasia footage to get live London Philharmonic Orchestra accompaniment. The London Philharmonic or- Orchestra is to showcase a selection of music from Walt Disney's original fan- Fantasia in Disney's Fantasia 2000 at the Royal Albert Hall, complete with excerpts from the film in high definition. The one-off concert, billed as a UK... I hear people gasp. Oh, they didn't know it. The one-off concert, billed as a UK premiere of the animated f- animation footage and symphonic music, is scheduled for October 21st. Do you have tickets? That's very exciting. That's cool. And it's We're in also high opening definition. something at the Victoria and Albert on October 20th. The history of American cinema through costume. Uh, Dorothy's red slippers are coming to visit London. Ooh. It was a big deal in the United States because they have to go. Uh, they left the Smithsonian, and they travel with their own team of security guards in a like a vapor locked box. That's the right humidity and stuff like. These are old shoes. So they're coming to visit you. This is such a gay podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean... Go ahead, Dustin. (laughs) Go ahead, Dustin. Talk about football. (laughs) See, he's got Wicked on his iPad, his iPod. I don't want to hear it. All right, and our final news story. Replica Haunted Mansion House for sale. A 10,000-square-foot house in Duluth, Georgia, was built in 1996 as a recreation of the exterior of Disneyland's Haunted Mansion, even even down to the detail of the plaque on the entrance gate. The interior is more modern. Any one-room's decor is inspired by the... Only only one-room's decor is inspired by the theme park attraction. A bathroom has a, quote, variation of the hitchhiking ghost scene at the Haunted Mansion attraction. (laughs) There's only one thing wrong with this story so far. Two words. Duluth, Georgia. (laughs) (laughs) And $873,000. That was the punchline of the story. It's only (laughs) $873,000. Or 2 million pounds. No, or 25 pounds. I keep doing it backwards. The house is being sold by Theme Park Connection a theme park memorabilia reseller located near Walt Disney World in Florida. This is the largest item the store has sold and was acquired with it acquired when the owner became a Theme Park Connection customer. Uh, the owner of Theme Park Connection says, we researched it, and this is the only house in the world where someone actually spent the money to model it after a Disney attraction. <laughs> Have you all been to Theme Park Connection? It's I've only started hearing about this place recently. We is it new? love it. No, and, it's, uh, no it's been there for a while. This is, first of all, it's very, very hard to find. You're going to have to have a GPS. And it's about a, a na- half a an sat hour. Nav. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's gonna, you're going to have to have 
that. <laughs> in a car, and about it's a 45-minute trip from Disney World. But it is w- several large warehouse rooms, and you never know what you're going to find. I went one day and bought one of the coats that the people standing outside the Haunted Mansion wear in the winter. A full costume, and it was $15, and it was in my size. Uh, We went uh, recently, and I bought one of the prop benches from Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. They were selling off the props Props from that movie. movie. There are old uh, cast member costumes. There are more snow globes than you could possibly know what to do with. (laughs) But you never know what you're going to find, this merchandise flips out pretty quickly. A lot of ephemera, a lot of paperwork, a lot of cast member stuff. And a lot, they, they sell a lot of their stuff on eBay, too. There's they a do. lot of stuff yeah. that yeah. Is, is held back for, specifically for eBay. That's where the stuff will get the higher prices. I can't imagine there's a lot of people walking into a warehouse in Oka- yeah. Florida right. looking for a $900,000 house. <laughs> you <laughs> never know. That's not exactly a point of purchase. Sale. They're Disney fans, yeah. yeah they They're Disney fans, though. So, so when you're coming down, you got to go. It Wear bring gloves or dark clothing because you will get dusty and it is about 300 degrees in there. Not exaggerating. It's actually 300 degrees. Yes. You will I spontaneously about, combust. I said about, about. Or 32 degrees Celsius. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. This is what I get for doing a show in London. <laughs> All right. That's it for the news. All righty. Let's go on to rapid fire. I am going to go first. Ooh. Because Dustin and I had an opportunity to see Cabaret over at the Savoy oh. Theater the other night uh, with Will Young, we were who I subsequently have under, understand was the first winner of Pop Idol here in, uh, in, in Britain. Uh, for those listening in the U.S., Pop Idol was the precursor and the foundation of American Idol. And I got to tell you something. He was unbelievable as the MC. I mean... That's a, in my mind, that's a role that's owned by Joel Gray. And so, you know, and that's how I always remember it from seeing the film anyway. And, and Joel Gray, of course, did it on, on Broadway as well. So I wasn't sure how I was going to, what I'd think. And okay, I'll admit, a little bit of a snob with theater. Broadway, I mean, I, I'm from New York. And, and so for me, Broadway's the pinnacle. And we saw Lion King here last year. And I got to be honest, it was abysmal. You know, you know your cast is bad when you're advertising in the playbill to replace young Simba. <laughs> there was actually an application in the right. playbill. <laughs> We're looking for someone to replace young... And well, John applied. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to tell you, it, it, was, it was a phenomenal, phenomenal show. So if you're looking for something great to go see on the West End... Um, and I just uh, it was that it was fantastic theater was fantastic the play the, the, the play itself was fantastic and that hotel is unbelievable oh my god absolutely gorgeous so go see Cabaret on the West End Savoy Theater William Excellent. now I'm going <laughs> I'm done now go ahead me? yep I want to say um, for this trip Kevin and I have had a chance to sort of get out and about a little bit more than the last trip, and we've noticed that people in London are really, really nice. They are. Super, super nice people. Some of the nicest we've come across. And an example is even your homeless people are nice. (laughs) They are. You're absolutely right. We were walking. We did our welcome reception last night, and we walked back to the hotel from here, 
and a nice young homeless man came up to me and said, you look great, you must have lost weight. (laughs) (laughs) This is the nicest city I've ever been in my life. That's absolutely true. It's a true story. No, but even well, first, uh, first of all, when we did the we did the meet in in uh, Massachusetts last month, we stayed in Springfield, Massachusetts, <laughs> which is apparently there are only homeless people in Springfield, Massachusetts, <laughs> and they all need cigarettes. They don't ask for money. They're all bumming. I mean, you can't walk down the street. Yeah, you got a cigarette. So it was very. First of all, we haven't really had that experience here uh, this time. We have, you know, no one's, but except last night. Or the night before, we're sitting outside a pub, and a guy comes up and asks for a, asks for a cigarette. He was very nice about it, though. It was like, oh, he's so polite. Here, have a cigarette. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the homeless, the homeless are very nice here. Yeah, you told me I look great. It's my new best friend. Take it where you can get it. I guess. <laughs> Amen, brother. All right, thank you, John. Kevin? We found a restaurant down near the Chancery Court Hotel. It might not be a big deal to you because like, they're just laying around everywhere, but this is a pub called the Ship Tavern. And as you're walking down Hoborn Street, <laughs> if you're walking in front of the Chancery Hotel, you turn the corner and all of a sudden you're in this windy little alleyway that I, it was very Charles Dickens. Uh, but this is a great little place and on Sunday they have live music. They have a five-piece jazz ensemble and at first, you know, that sounds awful. They were playing music from the 30s and 40s, and they had a live singer there. John actually took pictures of the food and recorded a 30- or 40-minute snippet of this young lady singing. This young lady was talented, and it was, she was doing it all for free, and has posted it on his new website called foodietales.com. And write this down. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just it's right down the street here. Uh, it dark wood paneling. It, I was reading a sign that they're going to have a very special Christmas. They'll have a Dickensian Christmas where they decorate it and have the fire going. And gruel. 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 <laughs> very Dickensian. And chains. Uh, we thought it was great. We've actually been there a couple times. Huge portions. Uh, I ordered the fish and chips. And <laughs> Sean accused me of ordering something, a great white shark. It I don't, was huge. I don't know what kind of fish this was, but I'm not exaggerating that my piece was this... Well, you can't see this on a podcast. I'm going to guess 16 inches long. It was a huge serving, and the prices are reasonable. And they also have something called sticky toffee pudding. Again, this might be... That's evil. ...something you all are familiar with. This is not something we have in the United States, and I don't know why. Oh, my gosh. What was the other dessert we had for the first time? John says to the lady, I'll have Aaron mess. And she just stood there... It was dark. I couldn't read the menu. Can I have Aaron's mess, please? Oh, no. <laughs> so we had eaten mess. That was good. And it was, it was good. It was not as good as that sticky toffee pudding. It was really good. I so, have to, I'm sorry. Go. It's great. I'm just, I, I, I got to reiterate. You said it last year after, after we were here. You know, there's a reputation that, you know, British food is not very good. I have not found that to be the case anywhere um you know whether whether it's whether it's in you know really nice restaurants or just a you know little pub around the corner um we stopped someplace the other day for at a pub and i had a a roast that was like oh my god good it was phenomenal and we keep having Mm -hmm. those experiences so i've come to the conclusion that that uh that's a myth 
about you all British do that food. weird thing where you wrap eggs in sausage. <laughs> those yeah. are those would be better hot. No, I think they're still what the Scotch eggs. You mean? Yeah. Oh, I think those. I love those. Isn't that what they're called? <laughs> you gotta pop them in the microwave for just thirty seconds. Do us a favor. Whatever they're called, they're really good. I like them. But all right, Shawnee Poo. Yeah, I think everyone needs to go to Harrods and get lost inside there because, <laughs> <laughs> which we did. Um, because the, all the windows are now James Bond themed so they have all these props and cool. outfits and cool things from the movie because the new movie Skyfall is coming out soon and so I've made it my mission to find Adele while we're here <laughs> <laughs> because her new song Skyfall has just come out okay. I, <laughs> now I have a question for all of you why is it when you go four floors in Herod's that you have to take 11 escalators <laughs> the you the have to go up, up a floor and then down a floor to go up three floors to find the fourth floor. And there are escalators just laying all over Herod's. So we, we actually took today, we had to go up four floors, and we took seven escalators. Oh, seven escalators. It's a maze, yeah. You can get lost in there very easily. You know what, Sean? I don't know if they know that song. Why don't you sing a little? I will not sing it. <laughs> no. But if anyone has any tips on my uh, Adele Watch 2012... Uh, well, if you're, if you're looking I for appreciate. her, I heard that she was rolling in the deep somewhere. So. Oh... Turn his well, microphone off. Good one, Dustin. Really? Turn your I, own microphone off. I've been, I've been turning that one for the last two minutes, and it still wasn't very good. <laughs> Jeez. Thank you, Sean. Dustin. Okay. Um, so mine's a little bit different. Oh, I'm really loud. Sorry, guys. Uh, mine's a little bit different. I decided uh, when I come to these local live shows that I want to uh, do a rapid fire based on events that... Uh, from somewhere local. So, like we do on the normal show, upcoming events. What have we been doing? I was just going to say, isn't that what we did? (laughs) You are clever. (laughs) He he pays no attention to us. Right. So, um, I I have a friend that uh, used to live in Luton, England. So, I'm doing some Luton events. For those of you uh, without Christmas plans, is anybody from Luton, by the way? <laughs> well, this was the only town I knew before I came here. So this is my one. Is it a good friend? <laughs> you know what? They have they have lights in uh, in Luton. They they flip a, a giant switch. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, poor. We have a town. Uh, we have a town every town. You're getting heckled on your rapid fire. <laughs> this is the first. Okay. Well. That happens. Uh, <laughs> let me just let you know, it's Sunday the 18th of November. And that happens in every town across England. So if you're not in Luton, This is rapid England, fire that they turn on lights? Yeah. <laughs> Guess what? December 25th, <laughs> things happen. Uh, magically, I have no idea. Discuss. The we, celebrities are to be announced. Oh, really? Right. We have a town, we have a town oh, in or- just very... outside of Orlando called Christmas. Don't get excited. Yeah. It's not a Christmas yeah, town. really. They turn on lights out, too. Wow. So that went over well. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. This is why we don't have people in the Bob Verley studio. Because, you know, we don't need headquarters like right, right. else. <laughs> no, you guys we, used to do a We went to Westminster that. Abbey today, and John decided we should start burying people under the Bob Verley studio. <laughs> <laughs> No, he's, we start charging to bury people. <laughs> so they did. They, people donated, and they, I think that's a great idea. Bury him under your you house. <laughs> I don't have the Bob Marley studio at my house. <laughs> yeah, we have your flatty buried. There you go. That's not morbid. No. 
<laughs> don't give Teresa any ideas. She's doing things with those flatties that are just wrong. That's uh, my level. I want you all to know. She wants to go to the bathroom with Teresa. <laughs> oh. Go to the OBGYN with Teresa. <laughs> right. Do you all watch Daunton Abbey? Someone is sending the cast of Daunton Abbey on the podcast group. <laughs> As flatties. As flatties. Now, you know that show is huge in America right now, right? Yeah, huge. Downton. Right. Like Downton I didn't Disney? say it. Correct him. It's like Downton Disney. We're just pronouncing everything wrong. Or Tootin. And Tootin. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for Rapid <laughs> Fire. Let's wrap that up. <laughs> 24. All right. So let's talk a little bit about London. Yay. Since we're here. And I know Dustin and I have had to spend, have gotten to spend the last week. I swear to God, we've walked every square mile mm-hmm. of the city. Absolutely. Um, probably not, but it felt like it. Uh, but... I got. I, I, I've been saying it to people all night. I would move to this city in a minute. Um, and and don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I love New York. Uh, New York, I consider my home. Uh, but th- this uh, this uh, the city has nothing on New York. It really doesn't. And I know I'm going to get emails for that. It's an opinion. It's an opinion. I think you meant to say that backwards. New York has New York nothing, has nothing on, on this city. city. Sorry, right. yeah, yeah. I like this city better. <laughs> Let's make it very clear. Let me be very clear. Um, this city is so accessible, uh, especially, and it's so friendly, not just in terms of the people, but just in the, where everything is and how everything's marked for yeah. a tourist to get around that really doesn't know where they're going. Um, we had no problems finding a way around no the, way. The, the underground or, you know, Hailing a cab, which is apparently no different here than it is in New York. For some reason, I thought you weren't allowed to hail cabs here. It's <laughs> actually it dawned easier on me. here They'd have no business. That was actually <laughs> my, my first time ever uh, hailing a cab was here. I'd never done it in New York or anything like yeah. that. Yeah, so I got to do that here. Yeah, this is your first time on a subway. No, no, you did the subway in New York. I, I did it in New York. Okay. These are much cleaner, by the way. Oh, my if, Lord. That's the other thing. The, the, the lack of urine smell in your subway <laughs> is charming. Um, Should be no. your tagline, London. We don't smell like urine. We don't smell like urine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now turn my microphone off. <laughs> What's that? Now turn my microphone off. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, and like I, I was saying, um, the food, it doesn't matter where we go to eat. I don't know if we're just, if I'm that lucky well, I've never heard of that myth. You were talking about like... Well, you were 11 years old, okay. so you haven't heard of anything. <laughs> All right. But, I mean, from, from what I understood coming into this, it sounded like food that appealed to me. Every, you know, but that's like the pub food, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and it's, is every pub owned by the same company? Because it's, the food is very consistent everywhere we go, and they all have that same kind of charm to it. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. I've been to a couple of those. Okay, I have a question. Do any of you actually like pea puree? <laughs> well, she pees. There's only one serving of it ever, and they just keep taking it and giving it to the next person. Because <laughs> <laughs> no one eats it. Kevin, where we live in Nottingham, we just had the goose fairy. You had the goose fairy? The goose fairy. 
Oh, the Goose Fair. This sounds like well, something Bob would have gone to. You live in an to. exciting place. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to turn the lights on? No, no. <laughs> Now, on the menu the other day, it said pea puree. I just want you to know. It's mushy peas. It's mushy peas. They're awful. <laughs> this is a mixed... What, do you dip the fish in the peas? Oh, you eat it? <laughs> yes, they were when did this become audience participation? Yeah. <laughs> When we sat down. Yeah, really. <laughs> Do we have 50 mics? <laughs> so, I, I don't know. I, and, and I have to say the um, Chancery Court Hotel, which was lovely last year, has undergone a massive renovation of their rooms. These rooms are beyond. I mean, and for, honestly, for what they're charging a night, those rooms are a great deal. Uh, they're, they're absolutely elegant. The staff is, is impeccable. The food coming out of the Pearl Restaurant, at least other than that horrendous buffet breakfast, um, <laughs> the food coming out of the Pearl is phenomenal. They have a, they have a chicken liver pate that you kill yourself. It's so good. See, like, I, like, I want to like smother myself in it. <laughs> um, it's up there with pea puree. <laughs> <laughs> Mushy peas. <clears throat> All right, calm down. But, uh, yeah, I, I'll tell you, the... the I think that hotel, especially where it's located, we've been able to go everywhere. I mean, we've been able to walk. It's so centrally located. And, and if we can't walk, it's just a couple stops on the tube or a quick cab Or ride. when I get tired of being in a subway and we take a cab. See, the problem is I can't say ride the tube. I get embarrassed. <laughs> what do you ride all, the tube. Okay, AB, Deers back there. What do you all think of the Chancery Court? Good. Good, I'm glad to hear that. Oh, really? We told them. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> do not let them in. It's fully booked. Well, I mean, I, I know that they do a lot of business because uh, it's close to the financial district, I'm, from what I understand. So they do a lot of business right. there. And you see a lot of those guys running around, and then we're running around with cameras and jeans on, and we feel completely out of place. <laughs> but, but no, I mean, it, it's, it's, really been, it's really been an amazing, an amazing stay. Uh, what about you guys? What's your... I agree. Well, I mentioned, I was joking around about not riding the tube, but we actually don't take the underground because we like to ride in cabs to see the city. It gives it a different perspective. Um, We're not usually in a rush to get from one place to another. Right. And it allows us to see sections of the city that we don't get to see usually. So it's fun to just ride around and look. And cab, the cab drivers are great. While it's the same basic principle as New York City, the cab drivers are so much more friendly. They really are. They're very nice. They are. And smart. And what's, what's with the tipping with the cab drivers? I've been giving, like, the tip. <laughs> really? Don't tip. I rounded up to the next 20. Is that right? Up to the next 20? I've been throwing them, like, I've been throwing them, like, five pounds. <laughs> oh, the, oh, how they turn. <laughs> Why? It, it, I mean, that's normally what I do, like, in, in New York. I, what's that? Well, I will, yeah. No, you'll, you'll tip five if it's like a $14 cab. 
cab ride. Yeah. You'll hand the guy a twenty. I'll hand the guy a twenty. Yeah. yeah. So you forget that. Which is what I've been doing. Rate here. Well, it's still, but it's six to one half dozen the other. I mean, yeah, there is a conversion rate, but still, it's still fourteen something. When so we, when we traveled with Matt through Italy and we were tipping, he would do things. He'd pull the money back and go, "No, you're going to spoil them. You're <laughs> 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 going to ruin them for everyone else. Don't show that much money. You're going to ruin it for everyone you're else. You're going to ruin it for because every time I would give him that tip, these guys were like, "I thought they were going to come through the glass and kiss me." <laughs> so, and I didn't want that. Oh, you're in a different kind of camp. That's what you get for five euro or five pounds. <laughs> I get kissed by a 65 year old Brit. Okay. Mm-hmm. There you go. I would like, as a as a souvenir, I would like to take home an English cab, just to drive in the states. I love those cars. They're amazing. They are cool. They're cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the other thing that's really clean. The cabs are yeah. really, really clean, and they don't drive like lunatics. Sure like, they do. No, they don't. No, oh, get in a cab in New York, yeah. please. Okay. This and is a ride this, in the country compared to that. If the stench doesn't kill you, the ride might. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Sean, you're sitting there not saying anything. Speak. Uh, yeah, so we flew in yesterday afternoon, so I'm still kind of in like a <laughs> jet lag haze. Yeah, we made, we made Sean get drunk last night. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was funny. That was helpful. Kept pouring beers in home. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I yes. want to see you jet lagged and drunk. <laughs> well, yeah, we stayed out until like 11:30, and then Amuse I just passed out. Was it amusing? It was very amusing. Okay, well, that's good. Uh, but this morning, I loved uh, Westminster Abbey. I'd been to the city one time before, and uh, it's just so beautiful in there. I love seeing the different monuments, and I don't know, it's just so amazing. What I what I really appreciate is there are different places around the city where you see memorials to uh, U.S. presidents. Like Abraham um, Lincoln. Abraham yeah. Lincoln, uh, FDR inside the um, uh, <coughs> inside uh, Westminster Abbey. Over the door of Westminster Abbey is it a monument to Martin Luther King? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which to me is, I mean, that's that's incredible. That's incredible. Uh, the fact that it seems in England you remember the Second World War. And you remember the lessons of the Second World War. I don't know that that's really always the case in in the U.S., but I see a lot of uh, I see a lot of remembrances to that in this city, and a lot of gratitude to the U.S. for our role in that. Now, as the son of someone who fought in that war and fought alongside the British, that's something that means a lot to me personally. Um, but like I said, you know, my father my father loved the British, hated the French. Loved the British because he fought with them. He fought with them in, in, in France and in Germany and in Italy and uh, just always wanted to get back to come here because he never got to see uh, London in his life. Always wanted to, never got a chance to. And that's something my mother said to me last year when I was here. You're living your father's dream. Uh, so every time I come back here, I think that's part of that connection for me. So when I see those memorials, Around, around the city. I think that's really special, and it's part of the charm uh, of the city is, is, is so much of it is a monument to the history of this place. And we don't... I mean, look, I'm very proud of the history we have in the United States. It's just not a lot of it. Right. <laughs> you have more. <laughs> um, and, you know, every building was built in, like, the year 12 by Jesus. And <laughs> <laughs> You know, really? Yeah, this building was built by He Jesus. was a carpenter. <laughs> really? He was a carpenter. <laughs> he was very busy. He was busy. He was a busy man. Busy man. Raising the dead, building buildings. Oh, okay. okay. We're going. Right. And apparently uh, figuring out the outcome of Survivor. 
because they all pray. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Oh. What? I don't story. know. I don't it know. It was I funnier it. in my head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you, man. So, Dustin, your impressions? Yeah, it's it's been amazing. I never grew up in in large cities anyway, <laughs> so my only experience with that is, has been New York, and that blew me away. New York is tall, you know. When you go to New York, you're looking up. But London is just like spread out and it, it reminds me a little of uh, Washington, D.C. It's built kind of like a fortress. And I, I just, I love being able to walk down the street and see building after building from different eras, um, different architectural styles. I'm a huge architect nut. Um, love that kind of stuff. But like Pete was saying earlier, the most important thing to me so far has been the people. This is my first time traveling overseas, like over the Atlantic Ocean to a different country. And it, it, it's really helpful, obviously, that we share a similar language, but I feel right at home here. Yeah. I feel right Absolutely. at home. Absolutely. And that's the truth. You guys, everyone, very welcoming people. Love this country. Yep. What little bit of time I've spent here. Love it. Yeah, coming to London makes you want to spend more time in London. Absolutely. And There's a permanence about the buildings here. Yeah. One of our historic buildings in Orlando is an old Firestone station. Not kidding. Swear, swear <laughs> that's true. So when you talk about historic buildings, we're so young in certain parts of the United States that these look like they grew up out of rock. <laughs> and that's, it's very reassuring. But there, just, there also seems to be an appreciation for that history here that I don't know that we always have. I think we kind of forget. Um, uh, you know, uh, I, I know I'm guilty of this. We, we tend to have very short memories and very short attention spans sometimes. And I don't know that we, you know, we always appreciate the history that we have. But it we just also, seems that it's so much more, I, I don't know, it just seems like it's so much more ingrained in the culture here. I think also to the American education system is focused so mm. much on certain specific aspects of our history right. where when you come to Europe, you learn the history of the world. And I think that happens quite a bit too, that yeah. we don't really respect the history of the world as much. Yeah, that's true. I, I that's also, true. if you watch the news here, it's very different. It's very world centric. When we watch the news yeah. in Orlando, you hear about home invasions, and everything is very negative, and it is. nothing unless there's some huge catastrophe in another part of the world. We don't hear about it. That's not part of our news. I watch the news here, and I actually feel like I'm watching news. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I watch. I mean, I watched. Uh, there's elections going on, or um, in South America. It's not something that will be in the Orlando news. I just think that's very interesting, that it's a much more global feeling here. I mean, you have television channels that are in um, Russian and German and Portuguese. There's Italian and, and Italian, Arabic. and I think that's amazing. We, I, John made me turn off the German channel. <laughs> I was mesmerized. But you bring up a good point, too. You know, uh, having grown up in the Northeast and spending a lot of time in my life in New York City, there are certain things you learn, uh, in, in, in particular about safety, yeah. because New York has not always been the safest city on earth. It is better now. I will say that it is much better now than it was uh, even 15, 20 years ago. But 
it dawned on me walking around with one brief exception. We, was, we were in a part of the city I didn't know. It was not very populated. Didn't feel unsafe, but I yeah. just kind of kicked into that mode. All the jewelry came off. The camera went in the bag. You know, the bag was oh. around, like, around my shoulder. Yeah, I, I um, remember that. <laughs> but outside of that moment, at no point have I felt unsafe in this city. And then it dawned on me, you don't have guns. Well, that's just how I feel, though. I mean, but I, I, I'm aware of it walking around the city that I don't feel that. I don't feel that sense of, is someone going to come up and pull a gun? Well, well it's, f- it's funny that you mentioned Home Invasion because I was watching Daybreak this morning. Um, <laughs> and, and Did you feel were, invaded by Daybreak? No, I, they were talking about, the, isn't there some decision being made about Home Invasion and how, how you can respond as a homeowner in that situation, so I thought it was interesting that that was. I just All right, so is this today. just my perception, or does more of this go on here than is apparent to me as a tourist? <laughs> <laughs> it does in Luton. Okay. Luton is rampant. <laughs> wow, but I mean, I, it does seem like a very safe city. I, I you know, tell our me. Our news if, in New York, in the states is very negative. It's got to be negative every single night. You don't well, hear any real. News. There's no world news anymore. It's all very negative local news. I think this is very refreshing. I love hearing about stuff that matters. Well, matters and is interesting beyond your little world. And isn't slanted slanted to a particular political view as well, whether it's left or right. It's not, it's just like, here's the information, decide what you want. Well, I was going to say, after the home invasion story, they had a story about David Blaine in a lightning (laughs) sphere. Right, it's three days. Did they electrocute him finally? No, no his new car. trick. He's going to be hit by one terabyte of something. Or I don't know. The, the news lady was not impressed. Uh, I'm over him. I'm so over David Blaine. I really What's the lady new name on Daybreak? They had different couples, so every hour they got a new couple. Really? Yeah, well, you spent a lot of time watching this. You did. That's all I did, yeah. <laughs> Pete, you were, you were talking, just briefly, you were talking about not feeling particularly safe in one uh, area. I did, uh, for those of you that I didn't tell this to already, I did uh, go to the wrong Abbey Road. Um, so if you're looking at your, just a, just a tip. His head 1B. Yeah, if you're looking at your uh, tube map and it says <laughs> Abbey Road, that's not like the Beatles, and that's on the other end of the city, and it's not on the map. So, I ended now you up there. do have a television channel, and John and I were mesmerized last night. We watched the fifty most amazing botched-up plastic surgeries. <laughs> so we were able to find trash. That's right. We want to take that home with us. <laughs> All right. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we open it up for some questions? If uh, anyone has some questions or comments about the they'd podcast, like to about what we do. Do we feel that we get good value for money here, or do we feel ripped off as tourists? Um, look, I'll be honest. The exchange rate's a little rough uh, on us. Yeah. Um, it's basically a dollar sixty-six or dollar seventy to the British pound. That being said, money well spent. Yep. Yeah. We've had the money opportunity. Well Kevin and I had the opportunity to travel quite a bit this last year. We've been to New York. We've been to Milan. We've been to Rome, Florence, Venice. As far as a major city, you know. <laughs> Eat your heart out. As far as a major city goes, I find it like on par with everything else. Yeah, I don't find it except Herod. Well, well, here's here's the thing though. I don't here's find the thing. It I, I find that the prices, like on food, uh, the prices in pounds. When you figure out the conversion, right. it's about what I pay yeah, yeah. in the states, dollar wise. So, generally speaking, 
So I, I, I really don't find it to be that. No, I don't feel ripped off at all. Um, As you say, we're, you were in a very high-end area, right? So we're yeah. expecting to well, pay come, Fifth Avenue, New York Well, you don't come to Disney World. Right. Stuff is cheaper in St. Cloud at Publix. Exactly. I swear it is. Okay, yeah. it's just so when yeah. we're going to travel, I think we get in that mindset anyway that we're going to spend more money than we would at home. Right. It's natural to say this is my vacation money. So I, didn't, I haven't found it to be exorbitant. I at haven't all. either. I really have. We did find something in here. I'll go back one more second. We were walking through the food stalls, and I went to buy a bottle food of water. Halls. Food halls. Sorry. They don't food have stalls. It's like the um, food bathroom. <laughs> And I found a bottle of water, and down the side of it, it said Herod's, and it had little sparkly things all over it. And I picked it up, and I was going to buy one for everybody we were with. It was 20... No, it was 30. It was in. 29.95 pounds a bottle. (laughs) 30 pounds. Not much bigger than that. Right. So we figured that would... What? No. No. At $50 He's married to John. You have to ask that? (laughs) No. No. No, but he's telling the story. That's just as good. Nope. <laughs> so we, that, was, that was the big thing. We found 30-pound water. However, we bought a, a bottle of Diet Coke, and it came out to roughly $1.25. Yeah. That's, so that's what that's, I would pay yeah. at Walt Disney World. You know, I mean... You, it's, no, you pay more than that. You pay more Disney than that World. at Walt Disney World, right. You're right. You've all heard me rave about the truffle salt that they sell inside the... Um, the spice area of Mickey's pantry. I bought a huge jar of uh, truffle salt here at Harrods, and it was 14 pounds. So I figured that's about, it's actually a little less because I got so much of it. Right. So, yeah, it's really not that different, but it is if you compare resort area to resort area. Yeah. I'm sure once you go out further, the prices come down a little bit. I mean, you all aren't paying Harrods prices for groceries, right? Yeah. <laughs> Have Harvey Nichols come to the house, deliver. I can have a little joke in. Yeah, yeah, yeah good so for cute. you. Where in the world do I want to go next? Honestly, Tokyo Disneyland. I would really love to go see Tokyo Disneyland, but I would also love, and I I realize this may not be the most popular answer in this room, love to go back to Australia. Um, I I thought, you know... They don't like Australia? Well, they tend... They they, they always say, that's where we send our convicts. (laughs) Um, So I never know. I never know, you know. But I'll tell you something. You want to to talk a gorgeous country? I I mean, it was... I, I loved Australia, so I would love to go back there. But if I had to choose a new place, it would probably be Tokyo Disneyland. How about you guys? We are going to some place that I've always wanted to go, Germany. That's on our list. We are looking into doing something different, though. Uh, after the Germany ABD, we're looking to do one of these river cruises. And Kevin's been doing a lot of research into those. And I'm really interested so in that. Romantic. Um, someone pointed out to me that these cities that you travel through were built around these rivers. So when your river cruise stops overnight in any of these cities, you are actually in the most densely populated, the most touristy area of the city. And I think that sounds appealing. I've also started... Um, I had always heard that Milan wasn't a tourist-friendly city, that it wasn't like Rome, it wasn't like Florence. We went to Milan and found it to be absolutely beautiful, and we went to Lake Como, 
which might mm. be the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. So I would like to spend some more time in northern Italy and go into Switzerland. How about you guys? I want to go to Fox Hill. Stonehenge. <laughs> <laughs> that is where you're going. Oh, next. Okay. It doesn't really exist either. No one knows what no, it no is. No, no one knows what it is. Right. <laughs> if, if I had to be like my absolute dream that there were no obstacles in the way whatsoever, I would have to see uh, the Middle East, I think. But, really? Yeah. Wow. I would love to see the Middle East. I've like Kevin this for a long time. <laughs> Yeah. But there are obstacles in the way yeah, of doing that. Um, Sorry. Now, Egypt, maybe. Cairo, maybe. Yeah. But outside of that. Oh, no, I'd love to see Jerusalem. I'd love to see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who else? Some questions. Yes. To some degree, yes. If I'm going to be honest. Yeah. To some degree, yes. And it's, but it's actually something I've been, I've been working on lately. Um, so getting back. Yes, that's absolutely right. That's You're very perceptive. That's absolutely true. Uh, it's something I've been focusing on more because, yeah, it after a while has become very much, very much a business, and that's that's okay. It has to be. It has to be. These people sitting next to me don't get paid with pixie dust. Those servers that run the boards do not get paid with pixie dust. It gets paid with real money. So I have to make real money in order to 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 keep this going. So. I make no apologies or excuses for the fact that I run a very successful business. I'm extraordinarily proud of it. But in the process, in the process, yes, for me, I won't speak for John or anybody else, for me, some of that passion did die. And this year, I kind of realized that that was sad and that I needed for myself, just personally, I wanted to kind of get back in touch with that. So I've been, I've been putting a lot of effort into it. I've been putting a lot of effort into it. And what's nice is that uh, it's kind of like riding a bicycle. You just kind of pick it up all over again. It's, just change your mindset when you walk in the gates. Don't go, I, don't, I can't go in looking at what content do I need to get or what video do we need to shoot. Kind of go in the way I used to go in and, and just be there and be in the moment and enjoy it and love it for what it is. And, it's very funny you asked this question. John and I had this exact conversation a week and a half ago with no discussion with anyone else on this show. And we've decided to try and go back to looking at the parks the way we used to. Usually a trip to the park now, it has something to do with jobs. Right. Let's yep. go. We've got to get content for the show. We've got to get this information for agents. We've got to make sure we yep. have this. Right. And we've... We've tried to do this in the past where I rode Spaceship Earth for the first time in probably 10 years. Mm-hmm. It's just something I walk by and don't even think about anymore. And I rode it the other day, and I was shocked at what was missing. Little details. Um, this gentleman and I, we had a conversation. When What's your name? I'm sorry. Philip. Philip and I had a conversation, and the first thing we realized is when you go through the Rome scene, there used to be a little white chariot that took off up the hill right i complained so much john told me to shut up but i noticed it was missing right. so it's one of those things that it's very easy to walk by something that the line's too long i don't feel like doing that now so we're trying to make sure that we go back and look at this freshly right. so yeah that's a great question because 
there are things that make it less magical. It was 93 the other day. It was brutally hot, and this is the beginning of October. So it's one of the, we, I, I don't go out in 93 degree weather to walk around a theme park. I can go in, you know, in November when it's 73. So we try and look at it from that point also. Well, also for me, one of the things that made it less magical, I'll just be frank with you, was working with Disney as opposed to being a guest. Um, in the early years, especially when we started Dreams, uh, no one was doing anything like what we were doing. The Diz was an anomaly to them. They didn't understand it. Dreams was an anomaly to them. They didn't understand it. And working with a company like that, when they're basically living in the Stone Age technologically... Um, You've all used a Disney website? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and, and there is a certain level of arrogance to working with Disney that you have to either accept or not. And at one point, I chose not to. Um, and just went and did my own thing. And you got a problem, come after me. Uh, but work, that, that took a lot of it out, out of it for me. It took a lot out of it for me. Uh, now, I will say, in fairness, recently, last three or four years, working with him has been a pleasure. Working with him has been an absolute pleasure. Um, the economy has an amazing way of knocking the crap out of your arrogance. <laughs> um, and, uh, but we're glad to see that even as Disney is doing better, uh, the arrogance hasn't returned. They seem to have learned uh, some lessons from that, and they've been working, at least from my standpoint, working with us as travel partners on the Dreams Unlimited side, and even on the Diz side, um, in terms of our media access and things like that, has been a lot better. I don't make a lot of friends in the PR department at Walt Disney World. Um, I can't understand why. <laughs> but uh, they've actually, you know, there was a time I'm like, okay, come on, get a, thicken up the skin a little bit. Uh, but, you know, those kind of experiences, you know, when you're used to being a guest and you're used to everything being magical and everything being wonderful, and then you start running into that I remember, like, in the beginning, how it just, like, was, oh, wow. Oh, that's right. This is a business. This is what they're like. This is what you see when you peek behind the curtain. And it really took a lot of it out, out of it for me. So, but uh, that's a great question. Thank you. Okay. Turn her microphone off. <laughs> <laughs> No, because they, they sign our checks. The question is for Dustin and Sean uh, whether or not because there's an age gap between them and some of the other people on the team. You too. Are there, different ide- are, are there differences of opinions and differences of ideas that cause us to butt heads? just want to make sure everybody can hear the question. For my personal experience, um, I mean, there, you know, there have been little... Th- things here and there, but it's never been because uh, of age, you know, it's um, with Pete. I mean, he's, uh, he runs an internet company, so he's, he keeps up with everything. I think the issue I have with people that are a little bit older than me is that I can't relate to them technologically, you know, but these, I mean, we work for an internet site, so it's not an issue there. And and we like, you know, all the same kind of music and stuff like that. 
Well, I think we've, we're actually very open to the new opinions. Yes. I yeah. mean, I don't want to yeah. speak for you guys, but I think we're really saying oh, we want to do what you guys want to do because you're bringing a fresh perspective. I, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, it's been uh, nothing but open openness to some new ideas and just a discussion. The other thing is Disney sort of covers all ages. Right. So yeah. it's not like the, you know we're going to the swing dance bar and they're going to the mosh pit. You know, it's kind of like for everyone. So it's it's not really age or gender or right. that kind of specific. It's very interesting to have a mm-hmm. fresh opinion. One of the things I will say for the guys at the end of the table and William in the back who ushered you all up here, I am amazed. When I was 25, I was a dork. I was, a, I was not this well-spoken. I was, these gentlemen are very, very well-spoken. There's very few times, and there's a 28-year difference. Is that right? 23 years difference. 23-year difference. No, 28. I was right the first time. Between our ages. And I never feel like I'm talking to a kid. No. They're there with the references that we make. The only time Sean almost got beaten up was he told us he had never seen the movie Alien. Well, and then looked at me and said, "Well, it was made before I was born." I didn't say that. <laughs> or here's my favorite. He had, we talked about the song "Jumping Jack Flash," and he said, "I know that song because they sang it on Glee." <laughs> One of the things when we hired uh, Dustin and Sean, we were looking for young blood. Um, not because, you know, John and I are particularly old, but we've been doing this for 15 years. Corey's been doing it for 11. Um, those are the three people that have the most influence over what goes on our site and what projects we work on. And I wanted to see that shaken up. I wanted to see that start to change. So we, I think we've been very welcoming of, uh, of that. And we've yeah, actually, we looked to, a- actually looked to um, change the way we approach certain things and the way we work on certain things to be more suited to them so that we can learn more and we can let more of that come into the... Uh, into the show, into the site, into the boards, the blog, and everything else we touch, um, kind of let some of that energy come in. But the most that's important a- thing is that you have to be open to that. And that's, that's a, a very warm welcome for somebody like me. There's also a very different energy level. That's not even a joke. They're just they're more energetic than we are. And we've kind, of, we've kind of also made this conscious decision, too, with Dreams Unlimited Travel. Yeah. We've made some changes there where we've sort of said, okay, we've been doing something a certain way for a long time. There's probably a better way we can do some stuff. Start thinking different. So start thinking different. Just kind of throw out some, you know, look, throw out conventional wisdom. Sometimes conventional wisdom is good. Sometimes it's the right thing to do. But sometimes it's not. You don't know unless you question it and you start looking at it. And we've been doing doing a lot of that. These are some great questions we're getting. These are the best questions we've ever had in a QA. and a um, right on, right on the money. It's so funny because this is all stuff that's been like really prevalent um, <laughs> in our discussions and what we're doing uh, this past year. So that's that's awesome. All right, I have a question for you guys. We've we've changed the show quite a bit. We've done some different things. We've tried some new stuff. Is it working? Is it not working? 
Is there any feedback you want to give us? Less Teresa. <laughs> no, see, they, they said it. They've all showed of hands. They don't like they, Teresa they, anymore. Teresa, Teresa, will, t- Teresa will be off the show. That's because of the bread. <laughs> Let's behead her. We're in England. Let's behead her. No. <laughs> we love all of our we, yeah, we, no, fellow podcasts. And, uh, and again, let me say, Teresa and Kathy with their flatty vacations for Give Kids the World. How brilliant is that? Tremendous. How brilliant is that? One of, the, one of the great things about my job is that I get to work with people who will come up with ideas like that. And I got to tell you, that really does make what you do so much more enjoyable and so much more rewarding when you, you, you're surrounded by people who come up with creative ideas. And it, feels, it makes me feel proud to know that John and I have created a company where that's okay. And that, you know, if you've got a good idea, come on, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. I may think it's going to fail. I may think it'll be no good. But I'm wrong. I'm wrong a lot. So... Let's try he it. He didn't think any of you were coming today. <laughs> <laughs> well, we weren't sure. Any other questions? Anybody else? The question is um, regarding the Be Our Guest restaurant in the Magic Kingdom serving alcohol. Have my views changed? No, they have not. <laughs> Alcohol doesn't belong in the magic kingdom. This is not a difficult concept. This, something, this was not something that Walt Disney was ambiguous <coughs> on. Okay? This was to be a certain type of place. Epcot, Hollywood Studios, Animal, any place. I don't care. That's all fine. I got no problem with that. I have a problem with it. In California, I have a problem with it in Orlando. And it is slippery slope stuff. I actually have a wildly different opinion. I disagree completely. In that same quote, Walt said that you shouldn't serve shelled peanuts or candy or um, spun cotton candy. Right, but there's a big difference between shelled peanuts and spun cotton candy in terms of that as opposed to why he didn't want alcohol. It's a family, it's supposed to be a family venue. Can you think of another business running today that would take uh, advice from a, a long dead, a 60 year dead CEO? Think of a car company. No, they... and I think that's why you don't have another business run and as successful as the Walt Disney Company, because in many ways they have built everything they have on that dead, that 60 year dead. CEO. The foundation of everything that company is is built on his memory and his legacy and the things he laid down. Now, yes, there, but there were th- things he said, we're going to continue to change. We're going to continue to innovate. Fine. You know, when it comes to adding, adding characters to Small World and the furor over that, okay, when Marty Sklar came out and said, we're not running a museum, that made sense to me. This doesn't make sense to me. This is not about Theming. This is not about authenticity. That's the excuse they are using to put alcohol in the Magic Kingdom. What's next? How much further is this going to go? They're taking out Casey's and put it in an opium den. <laughs> <laughs> He's no, right. I mean, I'm sorry. Right, so, but so, show of hands, who here doesn't like alcohol in the Magic Kingdom? 
Okay, we have a majority, a majority of, the room of people feel this way, I, but we have some that disagree. Some disagree. I disagree with all of you. And I got to be honest <laughs> with you, I kind of, I, it doesn't bother me. And I feel n- n- one way, either way, it doesn't really bother me. It just feels like it's one more thing. No, the issue is for me is strictly that they are putting uh, alcohol in the Magic Kingdom. But That's the issue. Oh, the fact that they put Disney speak over it yeah. to justify it absolutely yeah. maddens me. They're not going to come out. And this say, is a financial decision. Out. Bottom right, line, it's a financial decision. It has nothing to do with guest demand or anything. Well, you see. And, I'm next. I'm an Italian restaurant. Oh, dear Lord, Italians love their wine. Hmm? So uh, we're going to go for authenticity. Let's go and for that. And I don't that. understand why having a glass of wine with dinner is not family friendly. We're not um, talking about, you know, I'm we're not, not say- talking I'm about look- drink around the hub. No. <laughs> it's a new segment. For there, was, there was a legacy laid down for that park. There was a legacy laid down for that park. What Actually, I am there never concerned was. It about was California only. What's that? Walt never mentioned Florida. Well, he mentioned the Magic Kingdom. He mentioned, come on, we can, we can split hairs here until we're blue in the face. The fact of the matter is, if Walt, it, come on, if Walt were alive today, this would not be happening. If Walt were alive today, it would be a miracle. But <laughs> <laughs> I just think I disagree. I, okay. I think Walt was a visionary. I think he, he yeah until you don't like his vision and then you then you turn it on its ass but and no, that's what but he, what right he said now. was he wanted to build a park because what was available at the time the time was roadside carnies where there were people who were of ill repute serving alcohol to patrons he wanted something different he went you've all heard that story about him sitting at the carousel and talking about the fact that it was kind of seedy and he didn't want to have to take his kids there he said no peanuts he said no cotton candy he said no alcohol he didn't want women to wear high heels all of why are any of those things less or more important or less important than serving alcohol why does alcohol hold that stigma we're not talking about serving it in kitty cups with mickey mouse sippies on the top of it we're talking about the fact that he specifically said he didn't want cotton candy sold in the magic kingdom so i don't really see a difference i do i don't drink but that's a private club that is for members only that's not open to the general public. I don't particularly have a problem with that because Walt sanctioned that because it was a private club and not open to the general public. You are not going to tell me, you are not going to tell me that we are not going in short order at some point to start seeing issues with drunk guests in the Magic Kingdom. It will happen, and that, will, that makes a big difference over peanuts, cotton candy, and high heels. Do you hear about these That's, problems at Hollywood Studios? Of course, yes. Yes, See, there I'm are not prob- hearing that. There are problems at Epcot. There are problems at Hollywood Studios. Yes. I've never had You've my... You've never seen an obnoxiously drunk guest at Epcot during food and wine? <laughs> Why can't we? Let me, let me turn it around on you. Why does it have to be there? Why is it so important that alcohol come in? Why can't it just stay a dry park? Why can't it... St- in that regard, why shouldn't it stay the way it is? Why does it have to change? My opinion... I don't care whether it does or not. I don't drink. But I don't understand why if this lady wants to have a glass of wine with dinner. 
and you survive, you survive the trip. And then we come back to my Right. But and that works, and they, that works out fine. But, but, that, but they're you know saying what? they'd like to be able to do that in the Magic Kingdom. But there also, I, think there is, I think there are some things worth sacrificing for. I think that, you know, it's a monorail ride. No one's going to die. You know, it, there are some things worth sacrificing for because we don't live in a world where places like that exist. And this is one of those places that still kind of retains something old, something historic, something envisioned by its founder that's been preserved in a certain way. Why do we have to piss all over everything good all the time? We do it in our country so well, so frequently, and as far as I'm concerned, we're doing it on the Magic Kingdom by letting alcohol in the door. That's my opinion. Where's that man who asked that question? (laughs) You wanted a rant, you got a rant. I still disagree. I blame the peanuts in the concrete. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. Have Warren. you seen them? It's hilarious that anyone thought they Hold were on. real. Hold on, Warren. Uh, do you think we're ever going to see Avatar Land? S- slowly. <sighs> are, we, are we ever going to see Avatar Land? <sighs> if I had to go based on what I'm hearing now, probably not. Probably not. I think, I, I think that... Uh, I, I think that James Cameron working with Imagineering is, is probably going to be a, a bigger hurdle than, than I had thought it would be. Yeah. Um, and probably a bigger hurdle than they thought it was going to be. But you know what? Who knows? Well, I think we'll see a much more abbreviated version of what they announced. But I think they have to save face and they yeah. have to do something and bring Avatar in that park. Because at this point, if they were to scrap the whole thing, it would just be Well, do you remember Beastly PR. Kingdom? Yeah. yeah, but that wasn't really this big and announcement of sitting down and here we are. And all yeah. this it was going to be invested. the nighttime time park where you're yeah. going to have to wear infrared goggles. Right. But yeah, I think yeah. We'll, see, we'll see a ride based on Avatar, and I think we'll see some characters and some theming in a part of the park, but we're not going to see that entire land come to fruition. Do you not think the next thing that Universal will do is going to knock out the park again? Do I think that the next thing Universal will do, will knock it out of the park again. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they're, they're expanding Wizarding World of Harry Potter, which was one of my big complaints. It was too small to start with. But let's just clear the air and the record here. My problem wasn't, wh- wasn't with how they did the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. It was how they opened right. it. That they took all that time in advance of that park, op- of, of that land opening, and didn't plan for how they were going to manage the crowds in the first months. And they did some really, really seedy things uh, to their guests with some of the packages they sold where they misrepresented what they were offering as first access to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, and then you get there, and on your way into the park, they're telling you you've got one hour and you just spent $3,000 on a package, and they didn't put that in any of the fine print, leaving people standing out in the sun for five and six hours because you didn't bother to think of what you were going to do with these crowds that were going to show up for this area of your park, this 20-acre pizza slice of a land 
that you're putting in your theme park that you know is going to draw hundreds of thousands of people in a very short amount of time, and you don't bother to think of anything about crowd control because this is the first time in 15 years you're actually making money. (laughs) So those were my issues with Universal and with Wizarding World of Harry Potter. There are also some very odd rules that go along with Harry Potter. We had our Harry Potter event, and you could buy shots of rum in the Harry Potter land, mm-hmm. but you couldn't buy a Coke product because well, the Coke product ruined the theming. <laughs> well, no, she, she had this thing about sugar. Like, the butterbeer couldn't have any more sugar content than a glass of orange juice. But then the biggest store in the place is a candy shop. <laughs> it's like, what? Come on. So our guests had to leave Potterville and go on either side of the entrance and buy a Coke and put their shot of rum in it. And you think to yourself, at what point have we reached silly? <laughs> yes. No, I haven't. Oh. I, uh, the question is, have we seen the uh, advertisements here for A Wizarding World of Harry Potter? And I have not. Well, that's in Orlando, too. They've referred to it as a theme park, a a new theme park for a long time. And here again, here again, my issue, Universal plays fast and loose with the truth when it comes to advertising that pizza slice of a land in Islands of Adventure. They advertise it as a theme park within a theme park, which in the minds of most people with an IQ over 20 is going to conjure up certain visions of a theme park within a theme park. So you're expecting, I don't know, something that you can stand 10 people, at least 10 people across. Have you all, you, you've all seen the Dueling Dragons roller coaster? Uh, Dragon the Challenge. Wonderful, the Wonderful World of Harry Potter. I, I, know, I am the not Wonderful fan, World of Harry Potter. It fits within the, the perimeter of that roller coaster. So we're not talking a big chunk of Universal Studios. No, we're not. And people get over there and go, oh, where's the rest of it? Right. And now they're building the rest of it. You know, <laughs> how many years later? But, you know, look, they, they, they now have, this is what's good about all this. NBC Universal now has a parent company that is playing to win. And they're putting money into this. They're sinking a lot of money into this. And that is putting pressure on Disney. And when you see Disney stumble on something like Avatar, Avatar Land, that tells me they're scared. Now, talking to them even privately, they don't acknowledge that. But when you see everything they're doing, when you see everything that they're doing or trying to do or trying to announce or trying to set up, it reeks of desperation. It reeks of we've lost, we lost some market share to this and we have to get it back. And I think, there's, I think there's a certain amount of panic there. I really do. I, I think, also think if Disney doesn't act on Avatar Land, it would not surprise me that it went to Universal. It's a possibility. Well, yeah, because Universal will pretty much dance pretty for anybody. Yeah, I mean, but if they, but if they uh, made a deal with James Cameron, and even if they don't deliver on the park, he, they might have uh, locked up the rights to it. Could be. So that he can't do it Yeah, I think else. Disney, yeah, I, think, I, I would hope Disney was a little more 
savvy than that in a contract. And the real question is, what happens when Disney wakes up and says, when are we going to start capitalizing on Avengers? And say, when do I want that franchise back? I would see it. I think you'll see an Avengers theme land before Before you'll see see an Avatar Avatar theme land. I think you're absolutely right. I think you're absolutely right. Well, folks, this has been great. Thank you so much for coming and joining us for our first ever international Diz Unplugged podcast. You've been a wonderful audience and very hospitable. Thank you, everyone. That will do it for this episode. We'll be back with you again next time. Please remember, stay out of the damn lakes. All right.